Oh, hey, it's Butt Fest. Rock on, dudes. This is the show where me and Alexander from Minion Death Call talk about butt rock music. Something that I think we like. I mean, I don't know. Do I like butt rock? Some of it. Do I listen to it? Sometimes. Uh, but I I tend to have a, a wider sort of uh, uh, definition of what it is. And, and that definition I've discovered over the past two days as I'm, you know, kind of listening to stuff to get, get the show. Uh, it's butt rock if I don't like it. And it's not if I do like it. It's new yeah. metal if I do like it. It's butt rock if I don't like it. So yeah, well, you got to have like rigorous scientific standards that you apply, you know, evenly across the board, or else what's the point of this project? So, well, something that I've been doing lately, um, and and especially today, like I even had this idea of like a podcast, which I'm not going to do because too many already. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had this like really good idea where in the future. You know, if if I'm not doing anything where I just talk about hard rock radio stations all around the country. And, you know, you talk about their web page, you talk about their morning show hosts, their their bits, their radio, their advertise, all that stuff. You just do like sort of a profile. Of, we, um, you know, it's sorry, it's it's dead now, but the Inland Empire had a great like hard rock morning show called The Morning Stiffy with Stu, Ugh. Tiffany, and Jimbo. Uh, so I would, you know, Tony and I would probably be more than happy to talk about them. Why does it have to be... Okay, I don't care if it's a boner. Fine. You know, I'm not going to sit around and get mad because morning radio guys think boners are really funny. That's fine. And you do, honestly, you wake up with a boner. That is a true thing that happens mm-hmm. to people. So... I I get it, but why does there always got to be like a guy named Jimbo? Why does it got to be a Jimbo? That's I feel like it's that- relatable. That's the name of an everyman, and so I don't <laughs> feel belittled by the on-air personality. The name is Jimbo. There's like, there's like, I mean, and and Florida talk radio is like a whole, you know, different different. Or Florida uh, rock radio is like a whole different world for people. And it's just one that I happen to know a lot about, not because I spend any time in Florida, but because a lot of them went on to do shock jock stuff and did do shock jock stuff, you know? Um, And there is a guy there named Dirty Jim, which I think is the name that gnarls me out the most of all of the names of DJs that I know. Yeah, that's and it's not that creative. I hope he at least lived up to it. I hope he actually like did and said dirty stuff on air. Actually, he's one of those shitty guys that like I mean, probably definitely a shitty guy. I don't want to make it sound like he's like he's like a sex pest or anything, but he is one of those guys that like uh uh fake redneck on the air. Hmm. He's okay, his whole yeah. thing is like, "Oh, you know, I'm a redneck. I live in a trailer and you know, he's just doing what is basically classist stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not that's not good. Uh, no, it, the good thing about the morning stiffy, though, was because, yeah, you did have uh, Stu and Jimbo, but you also had Tiffany. And, yeah, she'll stop him from getting too nutty. Well, I mean, I don't know. You never heard morning stiffy. I mean, because just like listening to this, this lady, you could just tell her boobs were huge. 
you know, just listening to her. And it was that that drew a lot of ears to the show, I think. That was the same thing with the Blitz in town was like, you know, you'd be talking to people and they'd be like, oh, man, she's got like a sexy voice. And there was this woman uh, that Ronnie Hunter was her name. And she was on the local rock station. And I remember going to a corn concert at the Al Rosa Villa, which is a pretty small club, most famously known as the place where Dimebag Daryl got killed. Oh, shit. But um, I went to a show there and she walked out on stage to introduce the band. I just remember me and all my friends, like, like kind of nudging each other and being like, damn, she's hot. Ronnie Hunter's hot. She's doing it, you know? Wow. And they, they didn't even have to get a hot one for the show, you no. know, because it's a radio show. So, wow. Good on them. I mean, that's their new thing now, too, is their their morning show is the worst kind of thing in the world. It is a guy like and his live wife. Streamed, live streamed over YouTube or whatever. I don't know if they do that, but it is a guy named Loper and his wife, Randy. Mm. And uh, his wife is very attractive and he takes pictures uh suggestively of her and puts them on instagram all the time and oh, says yeah. like check out 997 the blitz <laughs> you know so but i was doing something recently on a i i don't know what podcast i was on or what i was doing if it was it, it wasn't street fight because brett wasn't there but um the playlist for 997 the blitz i went on there and, and what i've been doing lately is just checking to see what the last like five songs they played five or six songs they played and it is always 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 fascinating to me so i thought we'd start out by just seeing what the blitz is playing yeah hell yeah uh, okay so currently right now they're playing iron man by black sabbath which okay um no i don't want to hear that and ever again yeah ever i'm again mm -hmm. Well, especially not on the radio because the radio cuts out the uh, the sick solo that's in the middle of that song. Uh, I I actually did not like Black Sabbath for the longest time because like Iron Man was the only song I ever fucking heard, and I'm like, what's up with this loser just singing the guitar riff? You know, he yeah, can't even come sucks. up with his own vocal melody. It's like a really simple guitar riff, and he's just singing that part of it. Uh, if you you know go digging through the records, yeah, sure, Ozzy does that a lot. Uh, he's also a, a amazing vocalist the only vocalist of black sabbath that i do recognize um but if you listen to like the the iron man uh album version there's like a jam there's like a jam in the middle of that song oh yeah you know i'm gonna say this right now you are probably gonna get added by dio fans uh bring them on people people really like dio era black sabbath like no bullshit uh brett really likes it uh, the the album they did together, I, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, I don't Heaven know and if, Hell. Yeah, Heaven and Hell. I don't know if Brett likes it as of now or liked it before. You know, um, before he got like way into metal. But uh, I'll, I'll have to ask him that. But yeah, Dio heads love that era of Black Sabbath. Now, for me, for my money, we're talking about uh, Ozzy Osbourne. As That's the lead right, singer baby. of Black Sabbath, yeah. it's a it, they're one of the greatest bands. I mean, like I would call Black Sabbath m maybe like m well, I was gonna say like my Beatles because mm. they are like really early into metal, the first, and like I think I like 
them more. But then again, the problem is my Beatles are the Rolling Stones, which I really fucking like. So, <laughs> I guess, yeah, that's, like, I mean, there's a lot of conversations going on there that I don't know if I have time to get into. I will, I will say, uh, Sabbath is great. They did inspire, you know, multiple genres of music. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of those genres of music, like they just they take one thing from Sabbath and they just do it for 13 minutes. And I'm like, no, like bring in like the funky jazz jam, you know, bring in like the 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 esoteric borderline ambient classical guitar like mm. do do that's like part of what made sabbath great you know i mean fucking even like you look at some of their biggest hits like the wizard like they're using fucking harmonicas and shit in that song yeah. like do some harmonica shit every well, that's why you that's why you go to goat snake that's why you go to goat snake baby you know, always a band name with you always a band <laughs> name i never heard of in my life uh, Dead Inside by Nita Strauss, which, uh, you know, been following her for a little bit and and formulating the take that she is maybe the first woman butt rock musician. Oh, um, she's reported on by every single one of the news sources that I go to for my news for this show. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I know this girl, but we did address uh, female butt rock artists on an episode, I think, with Brett. Um, isn't like I'm gonna get these names wrong. I mean, I said like Flyleaf, I think, could be butt, uh, and then Halsey, Halsey sound is like echoing in my mind somewhere. Did did we talk about Halsey? Is that a butt rock lady? I don't think so. But what we should do right now is I haven't listened to Nita Strauss uh at all um maybe we should just fucking go on maybe right now we should go on youtube we should type nita strauss and the most listened to song we should just play for a minute mm -hmm. that sound like a good idea totally because like that's how i've been fine that's how i've been judging stuff these days is like i was just doing the pod cast with um I was doing a POD cast with John the other night, and uh, I, we we had done we were doing Alien Ant Farm. Oh yeah, uh, Riverside Locals, Inland Empire representation. Finally on the POD cast. <laughs> I hate to say this, uh, the second or third lowest rated album that we've ever done. Wow, on that show, there were like a few that were a little bit lower. Like Puddle of Mud was lower. Mm. Uh, POD Satellite was lower but uh yeah i didn't like that album what did you think like of uh, what did you think of movies that's that was my favorite track well that was where we got into the conversation was like so their biggest hit is we were talking about how like okay so so here's the thing that band had a big hit with movies right but they had that was the first single from oh. the album is movies okay and then the second single was smooth criminal yeah and when you go on youtube or, or on spotify i'm just using spotify for this okay when you go on spotify and you look at the plays smooth criminal has 350 million plays that's a big boy. That's huge. But movies has 49 million plays, 
which is like such an enormous drop off mm -hmm. from 350 million. So my theory on them now is like smooth criminal fucked them. Like it, it just like nobody cared as much about anything after smooth criminal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you're probably right. It was such a massive success. Like how do you, how do you follow that up? Um, you do, you would do another cover you know, I guess, That's but, it. um, uh, did a no movies recently they, did a they recently they went viral in 2021 or maybe it was in june they went viral recently on twitter and they mm -hmm. released another cover of a wham song <laughs> okay last christmas uh they released it in july <laughs> so funny it's, no, so, when I was... it's so funny to me to be like well our that old cover that was our big hit uh uh just went viral again. Let's do another yeah. cover. And and I like the lead singer because he was like, I mean, we're gonna do this wham cover. If it hits, I'll take it. Shit. Yeah. Like that's the right attitude. I thought, uh, just for the record, just if anybody from Alien Ant Farm is listening, uh, I thought movies was like one of the most meaningful songs I'd ever heard when I was 14. One of the worst lyrics. Some of so that song has really bad lyrics. Well, you probably didn't get it because me. it's all it's all a metaphor about like ro how real life romance is similar to a movie production, and that's why I hate it. <laughs> all right, so uh, the number one Nita Strauss song on YouTube is an instrumental. So mm. we're gonna go with number two. Yeah, our most desperate hour. 1.5 million views. So this is big. This is fucking big. We're gonna hit the button. I gotta uh get you up there real quick. That could be most desperate hour, could be totally a butt rock song title or the title of a Tom Clancy novel. Yeah. Which is or a I, I was gonna say movie because like yeah. I've never read a Tom Clancy novel, but I see all the movies. They so. usually have the same titles. Yeah, true. Okay, here we go. Nita Strauss, our most desperate hour official music video. We're going to check it out and we're going to make a decision live on the air three weeks ago. Oh, yeah. This whips ass, kind of. These Dragon Force vibes. I know. I gotta get a little more. Come on. <laughs> They're not butt rock. I'm gonna say that. <laughs> Uh, is, is this Yingwei Malmsteen? Who are we listening yeah. to? Here? It is truly the type of music that I hate the most. So, and if just, you got a, if you have like, a, I mean, it's it kind of sounds like devil. The Nickelback Devil went down to Georgia, Brian. I don't know, I don't know what oh, you I like, like about this one. I dig that. That's a cover, Maybe. and <laughs> people know my feeling on covers. There are no bad ones. So yeah, you're standing on the shoulders of giants when you do a cover. Um, if I, I gotta say, if if you're gonna if you're gonna play this kind of music, you really like gotta have more than just two people. You gotta have more than a, a drummer and a and a guitarist, or you gotta find a way to like make it sound 
fuller, like add a chord in there every once in a while in, in your riff. She does have a song with David Draymond. Uh, oh, shit. Which I can probably get that up here real quick. Uh, El Davo, here's, here it is. <laughs> I'm nervous now. This is getting butt. Okay. I see it tumbling right in front of me. There's no stopping it, so get down. I think I'm so he's doing the David Draymond thing. And, yeah. <laughs> and she is just, you know, sort of playing some tunes. So I don't think she is butt rock. She is a different thing that I don't like, which is, you know, that prog shit. It's prog, right? Like, like. <laughs> no, it, this isn't prog. You would charitably, you would call this like tech, like technical metal, Ugh. but it's not that it's like. This is like Guns N' Roses with more digital production. That's what that's what it sounds <laughs> like to me. Well, Nita Strauss, you're lucky. You're not a butt rock artist. And uh, <laughs> we just made the judgment right yeah. now. It just they all talk about her constantly. So the next thing we have on here. Oh, I didn't know that Chris Cornell did a cover of Patience. So I'm like also looking and or maybe he didn't. Maybe that's a different song called Patience. Uh, but anyway, uh, Nita Strauss, The Devil's Bleeding Crown by Volbeat oh, is man. another song. We know them. We see, see Nita Strauss sounds like she could play for Volbeat. It sounds like she's she's doing the Volbeat thing, which is like incorporating elements of uh, tech metal or something into just rock rock style songs. I have a friend that that like he he was yelling at me like I fucking hate Volbeat, you know. And I said, "Have you ever listened? <laughs> have you ever listened to Volbeat?" And he's like, uh, "Well, no, but I know I don't like Volbeat." You know That's what I'm saying? Instincts. Yeah. And uh I was like I was like, "Okay." And then they were talking to me about this band, right? And I might piss some people off. Hell, I mean, piss, piss Alex off currently. Can't wait um, to hear this. He's telling me about this this band Ghost. And oh, he okay. <laughs> he couldn't possibly love a band more than Ghost. He's invited yeah. me to Ghost concerts. I mean, he's a ghost head, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so he's I got started the ghost condoms in the side table. That's his bed. <laughs> so I I looked into Ghost. Yeah, and. I didn't like it at all. And then when I heard the various quirks of Ghost, I liked it even less. And Ghost is, do you like Ghost? Uh, I don't listen to them too often. I kind of do like it. Like, I appreciate it. And usually if a Ghost song comes on, uh, I'm perfectly happy, happy listening to it. I don't like the, first of all, it sounds weird. The music sounds weird to me. <laughs> but uh, secondly, the, the, you know, the, the, Ex ex eccentricities you yeah so I for mean? anybody who who doesn't know uh ghost the they like they're like a gimmick band they're like a kiss type band uh the singer dresses up as like an evil pope 
wears like a Pope hat and he, he's got like skull face paint makeup on and they do the whole thing. It's like all theatrics. It's like, it's like evil Catholicism version of Guar essentially. Like they have like people waving sensors on stage. You know, they do like really uh, large productions. Uh, one of the drivers I used to drive with at my old building, he would take his teenage daughter to ghost shows. They would like almost follow ghost along like west coast legs of their tour and i thought that was really wholesome uh what what musically what they're going for i think is like is like blue oyster cult they they want to sound like that proto metal mm. kind of hard hard rock uh with like dark imagery but it's not that okay. hard it's more like melodic and and like it's uh i don't know i don't listen to them enough to really give a comprehensive uh analysis i don't I don't hate it as much when you say kiss, but I'm I'm still mad at my friend because he doesn't like kiss. You know what I mean? Like he'll shit on kiss. He don't care. Well, it's like, dude, come yeah. on, man. Kiss the thing is, is like they had like such an unlikely like when they started, like nobody was nobody in the fucking metal scene was really like writing music that sounded like Blue Oyster Cult. Like that wasn't a popular subgenre of metal. Proto metal wasn't really like that big of a thing and also they had this uh extremely elaborate gimmick so i i uh respected them in the beginning and then they like blew up they got insanely popular and so they pissed a lot of people off <laughs> by getting so popular just because they were it's like you know something that's slightly annoying that now you have to see on the cover of revolver every every other month true true uh the next song that they played the oh patient number nine uh, by Ozzy Osbourne and Jeff Beck. Oh, uh, whoa. They just finished playing Sex and Candy by Marcy's Playground. Or yeah, Marcy's Playground. Yeah. And uh, somebody we're gonna about to get to talking to right now, they're currently playing Afterlife by Five Finger Death Punch. I have to, um, I have to ask, is Afterlife one or two words? One, but capital L capital a you know what wow I mean? it's like, wow they wow they threw me a curveball i thought i was going to be smart and predict that it was two words as a as a little you know twist but man they they got me even harder <laughs> yeah yeah they are i, I uh, it's very fucking strange so who wrote so tell people what what you have currently yeah okay so this was uh you know I think Brian didn't want to alarm anybody uh, at the beginning of the show, but this is an emergency episode of ButtFest 2000 uh, because I have in my possession the long-awaited Dirty Poetry by Ivan L. Moody, the singer of Five Finger Death Punch. This is a book that we ordered uh, like six to 12 months ago. I can't quite remember. And thanks to supply chain issues, uh, we didn't receive it until uh, a week ago. This is, uh, I'm going to read the subtitle here. Uh, Dirty poetry from the contagiously contorted and quixotically twisted mind of Ivan L. Moody. Okay, so now I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I did. Uh, I listened to a lot of interviews with this guy. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Oh man, you know, here's the thing. He's sober now. So I always am like, geez, uh, uh, okay. Well, you know, he's getting his shit together. Right. But he is a truly annoying man. Um, so I will, I will get 
get in here real quick. Uh, first of all, the first thing I want to do here is because I think the reason this got picked up, that this, this, this album, you wanted this book, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think one of the reasons has to be because of their insane videos, specifically the, uh, the one that came out in the middle of COVID in 2020 called living the dream. Yeah. You were on that episode of minion death cult. Am, am I correct? I am correct. Well, now published nine days ago, a buddy of mine on Twitter, metal Shane, S H A Y N E, uh, sent me this and it's interesting. Uh, five finger death punch singer, Ivan Moody has revealed that the controversial video for 2020s living the dream single caused tension between him and guitarist Zoltan Bathory. Mm -hmm. interviewed in the brand new issue of metal hammer featuring the las vegas band on the cover moody says the video went down like a fart in church and that it won't ever be done in my name again <laughs> oh that's funny and you know if you know anything about the band uh the reason ivan l moody like you know he apparently he wasn't okay with this idea of yeah depicting uh and uh like Antifa shooting female cops holding American flags and a Nancy Pelosi like figure uh, walking three muzzled thugs like dogs. Uh, the reason he didn't speak up at the time though uh, is probably because Zoltan Bathory, his guitarist, uh, is like a, an MMA triple black belt like actually competes in brazil so you really got to kind of go with the creative juices that zoltan is is bringing to the table i think i think you got to kind of yield to him in these discussions well zoltan also i i listened to a little bit of uh, uh zoltan actually talking to and i do like the name zoltan zoltan uh i gotta look at where he's where he's from because I think he is like really super uh, anti-communist, but because of where he grew up, you know what I mean? Uh, his name also just, it sounds like made up. Uh, yeah, he named himself after the, the, the fortune teller in Big. Oh, <laughs> he is from... Oh, fucking come on, man. He's a Hungarian-born American musician and martial artist. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I'll never know the politics of Hungary. I'm sorry. Unless uh, I go there and then I get arrested. I think, it, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking uh, halfway frivolous. I think it's, there's like a, a strong strain of Hungarian fascism. Like, <laughs> like Victor Orban, right? That's, that's hung Hungary, right? I don't even know who he is. So that's a huge problem. Yeah. Uh, but I assume that's exactly why he's doing this. So anyway, he goes, the living the dream video uh, released during the height of the pandemic featured an authority figure wearing an exempt badge who pins a hammer and sickle emblazoned badge reading compliant on people who don masks. <laughs> after le <laughs> after leading a group of mask wearing slaves around on chain, she orders them to smash up an ice cream van displaying the American flag. <laughs> it's funnier when you read it than it almost is when yeah. you watch it. The it's video so was good. 
The video was widely perceived to be an anti-mask statement, seemingly depicting mask wearers as communists. I mean, that all that is true. That's what it was. Yeah, it depicts uh, mask wearers as like massacring uh, a troop, a like a brave troop running for running for freedom alongside yeah, a female cop and like uh yeah, an ice cream man. They all get gunned <laughs> down with an assault rifle wielded by a mask wearing communist. I got to tell you dude, you you, you going to hate the American flag ice cream man though. You know, when he comes through town, he's like giving your kid a, a, a fucking one of those stupid uh, cones, a screwball, the orange cone with the hard fucking gumball at the bottom and uh, <laughs> telling people that, uh, you know, America is the greatest country that ever lived. And then, you know, now these communists are coming in and burning down his his business. That's why I always uh, wait for the left, the leftist ice cream man to come by and give us popsicles shaped like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk so I can uh, <laughs> lick the rich. <laughs> Speaking to Metal Hammer, Ivan says he gave Zoltan free reign on the video's concept. I showed up for two days and Zoe told me to run across the grass screaming and holding the American flag. So I was curious to see it. Then when he released it, I called him like, you implemented your own platform into five finger death punch. And now I'm going to have to answer for it because I'm the singer. And it ended up going down like a fart in church. He said it again. Yeah. You got that one. I mean, you got, you crafted that one. You got to get all you can out of it. He didn't even craft it. It's like a saying, uh, there was the mask thing. And the awkwardness of the whole thing, that's what he visualized. But it's not what I had in mind when I wrote it. For those who understood it, great. And for those who didn't, I'm sorry. I didn't agree with it either. I love Zoltan to death. That's his opinion, but it won't ever be done with my name on it again. Uh, at the same interview, which runs ahead of Five Finger Death Punch's new album, Afterlife, Zoltan defends the video while acknowledging that it caused a huge amount of controversy. Obviously, that video created a lot of dust, and I really don't want to kick up another shitstorm about it, says the guitarist who was born and raised in communist-era Hungary before emigrating to America. But it was about the blatant hypocrisy of what was happening. You can do this, but the population can't. As a band, we sort of withdrew from politics, and that was the last political commentary. I mean, I got to say, that was two years ago. So I know that as a band, you withdrew from politics, you, you think, but <laughs> I mean, that's not a long time. Yeah, yeah we, with, we withdrew from politics and instead wrote four more songs about supporting the troops. Yeah, we withdrew from politics um, and then decided that we withdrew from politics uh, until we go on a USO tour is, yeah. uh, is a perfect. There was a, so he goes, uh, so he goes, but, but it was about the blade. Okay. So he goes, it's crazy because music was a cultural weapon and now punk music and rock music is the soundtrack to the establishment. All of a sudden, I love that line. That is like all of these guys line where they're like, yeah, man, punk is like all for the establishment and stuff just because they wear masks. It isn't even a, like, 
it's not even like they're singing pro-establishment stuff. It's that all of these guys are so dumb that they think that like leftists like Joe Biden. So, so like when they talk about punk bands, it's like, no, there are so many punk bands that don't like Joe Biden at yeah. all and metal bands. It's a lot. It's a lot of things because even before COVID, this was a common trope uh, among like right-wing metalheads or right-wing punks, which was that like punk back then, and it would show, you know, like uh, a white guy who was like punching the crowd, like a, like a white New York hardcore guy, like agnostic front or something. And yeah. it's punk now. And then this is a real meme. It's, it's like Bart when he's wearing the high heels, teaching Lisa how to, how to walk down a runway when she wants to be little Miss Springfield. So it's Bart posing with like his butt out in high heels. And then they've given him like blue SJW hair and makeup and like an earring. And they're like punk now. And so their, yeah. their, uh, you know, their, their idea of punk is that, oh, now you're like, it's pussy or now you're like, they get this idea. If, if anybody still goes to punk and hardcore shows, like, yeah, you're going to see a lot of queer people. You're going to see a lot of femme people. You're going to see a lot of people who are actually, you know, gender bending, bending the rules of gender. And if you're, if that's like the majority of the people you're seeing at a show, then and if you're really dumb you can like mistake that for an establishment be like oh there's a there's you're you're oh another communist queer punk yeah i've seen that one before you know you and you like they try to turn that into uh into towing the line or whatever and it's like okay even if you are towing a line you're towing a line within an anti-establishment genre because the majority of people are not like are not queer the majority of people are are not minorities obviously you know by definition and i think it's just like punk in general is cool like you can't really if you're doing it right punk is pretty cool and so there's guys who like want to think they're punk because punk is cool and then they see everybody else in punk is like disagrees with them wholeheartedly and it it you know, it screws up their brain. So they have to pretend that punk is different now or punk doesn't mean the same thing. And they would have been the cool ones back in the day. Well, it's funny because like, you know, I, these people are always citing, like you said, like a Cro-Mags thing or like that era of, of punk and hardcore and stuff like that. And it's like, well, I mean, it's, if we're talking like historically when it comes to punk, we're talking like, uh, you know, uh, uh, the scene with like the dead boys and, and fucking, uh, uh, Lou Reed and all these, there was gender bending happening in punk. Yeah. The, from I mean, the, the very specs, there's been women and minorities in punk and some of the best punk ever came from women and minorities. And it's, and it still is like, I went to one of the best hardcore shows of my life last night and everybody there was like 16 or 17 and it was the it was the like most energy I've seen at a crowd in a long time and it was uh I'll just shout them out Soul Glow. If you're not listening to Soul Glow and you like punk or hardcore, do it now. They're amazing. See them live. They're they're touring right now. One of the best very performances good. I've ever seen. Yeah. I I have listened to Soul Glow. They're very good. Uh so 
I I co-sign on that. Or, you know, the other thing I've been listening to a lot lately um, is against me, which is like mm -hmm. extremely like against that kind of thing. And this is in the 2000s when people were already complaining and they were singing about like, I mean, you listen to reinventing Axl Rose and it like sounds like shit that I would say on the podcast, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, probably five years ago before I started talking about just my fucking neuroses all the time, <laughs> <laughs> but it does the, the stuff she was saying at that time was like, and very anti-establishment. I mean, when you listen to heartburns, the solo album of Laura Jane grace, there is a song on there that is about, uh, called Anna is a stool pigeon about a fucking FBI agent and trapping some uh anarchists and he or sorry i said he because it's before transitioning yeah but um she she sings basically the like it is a lot of shoehorned lyrics in it i would say because of getting information out there it, it was a song specifically to get information out there about what the establishment was doing to anarchists in the early 2000s and in you know 2008 and shit so like yeah i i think like i i guess it's just like my politics are right wing like for guys like this my politics are right wing i listen to metal uh nobody is, we've said this about you know a lot of trump people and stuff too it's like nobody tells you to shut the fuck up because they're afraid of you you know what I mean? Nobody wants to tell you that they agree with you because you're probably drunk and fucking screaming at people. I was saying that about POD one time because they're kind of big guys and they're sort of intimidating and they're like, we don't try to push our Christianity on other people. But like when we bring a band out on tour with us, obviously we'll have like a little cookout and, and, and you know, we don't drink and they can drink and we'll just have some conversations. It's like, dude, nobody wants that nobody no <laughs> like you're, you're, you're and it's, it's so much somebody yeah and i mean it's so much easier to like hopefully let somebody burn themselves out <laughs> than actually engage with them and make the whole thing last longer you know it's easier to just yes. be like ignore somebody and hope they get the hint or hope they get it out of their system and then everybody can go back to having a good time um yes the the yeah, thing about funny. like yeah, like left wing, it's, you know, the the complaints about like, oh, punk and metal, like you used to rage against the machine. Now you rage for the machine. And, and it's it's just culture war shit. It's just like these people, they see like MasterCard have a, a pride flag in their logo. And so they, they take that to mean that gay politics have won because that's yes. all they conceive of as politics is just an ad on TV. You know, we cover this shit on our show and the number one commercial is stuff or sorry. The number one issue is stuff they see on TV in commercials, like yes. interracial couples in commercials is still a huge thing for them. Gay couples in commercials. It's, it's like that's that's all they care about. And it's a problem you know? with them, too, because they're always all real nasty about like they'll say, I don't care if people are gay. I just want them to hide it and never be comfortable being it in person or in real life. And I don't ever want to have to think about it. It's like, fuck you, you know? Um, yeah. So we got some poems. And uh, what I thought we would do is, you know, you can 
read a poem and then I can play a Ivan Moody clip that I got earlier, but I want to do something. Wait a minute. Maybe I can't do it yet. Ah, oh, I God damn it. I had like a really good Ivan Moody uh, interview, but I must have deleted the YouTube link because the funny <laughs> part wasn't Ivan Moody. It was the guy interview. Oh my God. No, it was the guy interviewing him starting out. I'll see if I can, uh, I'll see if I can find it while, while we go through the first poem here. Okay. So I did want to read the introduction. It's a little long, but it's honestly like one of the best things that's in this collection of poems. Um, this collection is illustrated and, uh, it's illustrated. I'll, I'll, I'll give them credit. You know, you, I guess you got to kind of do that. The artwork is by Blake Armstrong and the lettering is by Andy C. Fellows. Um, you basically can like describe that again as artwork by Marilyn Manson too, and lettering by Ralph Steadman too. Yeah, it the looks artwork, like Ralph Steadman. The artwork is like watercolor, uh, twisted, twisted Mad Hatter, twisted Alice in Wonderland type stuff. The cover of the book is... Uh, is like an old Victorian era looking villain with a cloak and a top hat who is either withholding a lollipop from a baby inside of a bassinet or maybe going to give it to them or just taunting them with it. I'm not sure. I think it's funny. I was, I was looking at this and with the whole discourse about groomers and like, you know, pedophiles being fed into wood chippers, you know, uh, see, seeing pedophiles uh, everywhere you look just because they're a political enemy of, of yours, which is a, you know, a very big trend on the right wing right now. It's It's got to be hard for edgy guys. It's got to yeah. really be hard for both edgy comedians and like edgy, you know, art guys, because like, you know, uh, putting babies in harm's way or like villainously uh, coveting little children, you know, like that, like something you would have seen in a, in a corn music video. That's gotta like be, be a dicier proposition to do now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't really even see a ton of like, uh, uh, kids in trouble sort of things on TV, even like a, it's a lot less. And, and yeah, I would hate to, especially being these guys, have to deal with that yeah it's i mean but art is art art can be dangerous you know it so is. i love it i commend him for uh still leaving this on the cover um okay i'm gonna read the introduction here i'd like to take a moment and thank everyone that helped me to bring my to life within our combined visions artistic quote eccentricities subtle madnesses poetically pesky and tactfully twisted Quote, happy, gruesome senses of humors and our abilities to see beyond the, quote, generic and to create without concern of slash for drab and mundane social crucifixions, parentheses, what's hot, what's not. Because of this, we've turned a few cliff notes, journal entries, songs, this volume of magical madness. And I think he meant to say uh, into this magical volume of madness thank you for helping me to enhance and project the psychotic giggles of a thousand jesters dancing in unison while singing songs of madness and <laughs> sin parentheses say that three times fast ha and for assisting me in turning my 
gremlinized gibberish meets therapeutic spiritual dismemberment into something that everyone can embrace, enjoy, and hopefully endure. My thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. This, this is great. My therapist quotes S. So it's, it's plural therapists, but the plural S is in quotes. I don't know what that means. He's saying like, like the fans probably. Right. Oh yeah. Maybe he goes on though. He thinks a bunch of people. So my therapists, thank you. My demons slash angels, thank you. My inner child thanks you. The many, many, many voices that constantly scratch and scream for pole position in my cranium, thank you. And most of all, dot, 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 quote, wait, did I already thank my therapists? Never mind, dot, dot, dot. Too many cooks in the kitchen? Parentheses, you can't fix crazy. I sincerely hope that everyone that takes time to, quote, ingest, which is in hyphen jest like jester ah, these quote, pieces of me does it with an open mind a child's imagination and a sense of understanding disclaimer slash reminder these were all quote written in times places moments and quote situations parentheses some i remember some i don't that for some fucking reason i decided to keep Parentheses, don't ask me why. I don't have a fucking clue where some of these even spawned from, being honest. But I'll tell you this, when you really, really look past someone's, quote, skin cloak and bear witness to the bones and the blood that drives people into becoming, quote, themselves, then and only then you get this. Welcome to me. Enjoy, parentheses, or don't. Oh my God. Oh, this guy. Oh, I didn't like that. That didn't make me feel good at all on the inside. Very well. It's all downhill for that's like the best, best written thing in here. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to go with this first. This is a Zoltan interview. Okay. <clears throat> um, I am not even going to be playing the interview at all. Period. No interview. I, what I will be playing is the intro. The guy gives to Zoltan, which might be one of the funniest intros I've ever heard on a podcast. And trust me, I don't listen to a lot, a whole lot of heavy metal podcasts for obvious reasons, because they're insane. Um, and the people are the most annoying people in the history of the world. Um, but they are funny every time. And this is a prime example of one of these guys. We have a really big treat for you today. One of my favorite interviews I've wanted to oh do my God. for a long time. I'm such a fan of this band, and I'm a fan of this guy. He's not just a musician. He's an entrepreneur. He's a fucking MMA, like, badass guy. I don't know all the terminology, but I know that he's, like, he beats the shit out of people <laughs> with a broken leg. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you've got a whole bunch of business endeavors, and you're just a genius. You moved to America. And you just started running shit here. How did that go? How, how <laughs> in your life did you decide? I'm going to the USA and I'm about to be like a legend. Well, how did you decide? <laughs> did you wake up one morning and I'm going to and say to yourself, I'm going to be the most iconic, epic, badass fucker <laughs> this country has ever seen? It's so, my favorite part is he's like, you're an entrepreneur. You're, 
like of all like don't i understand we live in a different i, I say this about wrestling right like don't don't act different you know what i like you can you can be normal don't you don't have to do interviews like in character with wrestling uh but don't say anything that hurts my enjoyment of what i'm seeing on the screen mm -hmm. um and i just if i'm in a metal if i'm a metal guy you know the last thing i want to be introduced as is, a, is an entrepreneur <laughs> no that's like the highest praise you can give an anti-communist <laughs> or to american period yeah, well, oh, he's an entrepreneur uh we just Love's did a uh, we we did a segment uh last week on that Florida law that's uh lowering requirements for public teachers so they can let just specifically for veterans. I think they should extend that also to MMA triple black belts as well. Uh but right now it's just for veterans and their spouses and one of the one of the you know commentary we had from Facebook from somebody on Facebook uh, was that they should also, th this was a great idea, but they should also extend that sort of waiver for these requirements to entrepreneurs. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you want an entrepreneur, they're just, they just want to let anybody they can let into the school. The, the, the people that scream and scream and scream about, about all the, uh, groomer stuff are just like, send a bunch of fucking troops and entrepreneurs into the school. I think that could go fucking great. You know, no bad stuff has ever happened with either a troop or an entrepreneur. Yeah. So, so somebody sure. in there with like an Afghan warlord still on his speed dial. Yeah. And I think when you do an intro to a person, um, like I, I've introed a lot of people that I admire on this show from, from like uh guys i think are like some of the funniest people in the world like jesse uh to chris to like people that were shoot like some of the most talented people uh i've ever talked to like riley gale and pat oswald and people like that uh mm -hmm. i just don't don't do the ass kissing thing because i do a lot of podcasts too and i hate when people open listing like things that they know that I've done because it makes me feel so uncomfortable. Like, how do I start the show? Don't call me a fucking let like this guy. Don't call me a fucking legend when you introduce me. And then I either have to move on in the conversation without addressing that you called me a legend, which is a weird thing to call somebody or more likely I have to say, I'm not a legend which is also a shitty feeling to, to make somebody do that kind of like intro stuff is always. So it's just, just say the guy's name, say the person's name and bring them in, say, Hey, this is Zoltan from uh five finger death punch. But instead this guy does this intro where it's like, you're a badass. You're one of the coolest dudes in the world. Uh, you've made a lot of money through entrepreneurial endeavors. Uh, so what's it like to be, one of the greatest Americans, not from America. So uh, I would see this, I would see this guy, you know, if I'm on the other end of this and this guy's doing all this and, and gassing me up and like, you know, licking my boots or whatever, I would be like, cool. If you think all of that, then why are you interviewing me? Like half slouched in a shitty <laughs> sofa chair, uh, with your camera mostly pointed at the wall behind you. Like, 
Here's what I. You're also not giving think. me the impression that you're like the most discerning taste. You have you have a keen eye for success. Having been in a trillion green rooms, also, uh, this is the green room, and I'm I'm gonna just say this, and I know this doesn't come off very anarchist to me. Uh, don't go back there and get all comfortable like that. We we don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> don't mean to be a dick about it. I brought you back there. It's totally okay, but don't like lay on the couch. You know what I mean? Don't don't take up a spot that somebody else could have sat in. You know, and this is definitely the green room. It's got the bad like curtains and and like it has green room couch written all over it. So I it's just so funny to me. And also, this guy has like a mic flag too which is really annoying his own mic flag what's a mic flag? A, uh the square thing that goes around oh. the microphone and also the other thing that irritates the piss out of me about this is this thing this fucking rock feed this this fucking thing has oh 685,000 subscribers okay so it was worth his time to do that i will say that uh, I would say anybody I'm, who has access to a one-on-one interview with uh, Zoltan Bathory, uh, Avenged Sevenfold, ass name there, um, <laughs> yeah, probably has a shit ton of subscribers. You you can't just, I mean, you wouldn't tell by you know the production uh, of the, this video, but <laughs> the guy, the guy looks like my uncle. It's it's really <laughs> a mess. It's a mess. What's going on with this video? So now we hear a poem. What's up, Ivan Moody poem? From me? Yeah. Okay. So uh, this one, it doesn't have a title. Uh, it does have an illustration, which is uh, it's a, like a, a skeleton that's covered in kind of like black icor. You know, you remember Fern Gully? You remember when uh, <laughs> the uh, what's the Tim Curry villain? I can't remember. Uh, the Hexus, I think was his name. Hexus. Please don't send me letters uh, if I got that wrong. Um, when he turns into the skeleton and he's still dripping oil and shit, uh, that's what this skeleton looks like as he crawls across the floor wearing a dunce cap. Uh, the what? dunce cap says Jimmy on it. The poem reads, Jimmy, quote, cracked out. Why should I care? So do you, you I, I didn't want to break up the momentum, but do you kind of see what he's doing here? Jimmy crack corn and i don't care okay i got it I, i'm yeah. in there now you got jimmy me. quote cracked out why should i care jimmy od'd well life's not fair jimmy sold crack to friends and foes poor jimmy fell down but not before he took people with him fuck jimmy okay okay it's a sober guy thing that's a sober guy <laughs> type of thing like guys that get sober and they're just uh -huh. like, fuck these fucking assholes that sold me the drugs. And it's like, they were the, your best friends. Like, believe me, I'm never mad at any of my old opioid dealers. Honestly, I probably <laughs> like to get a hold of them every once in a while, but uh, I'm never super mad at them because like I was just buying fucking drugs, you know? I was yeah. going over to this guy's house. I was buying drugs. Most of the people you buy fucking drugs from uh, are also doing the drugs. So it's not like they're trying to hook you into something that that they wouldn't do. You know what I mean? Oh, I yeah. hate that. 
So here's the next one. I, I love, uh, sorry, just really quick. I really want to like hang a lampshade on the, the Jimmy crack corn pump uh, pun. <laughs> how old is he? By the way, do we know? <laughs> I got to look up. I, how he's got to be 50. He's got to be like yeah. 48. Is he um, older than me is the question. You know, how old is Ivan? Because he might be the same age, 42. He, oh my God. If you saw this guy, but look him up. He is one year younger than me. One uh, year younger than me. And he, he looks like hell, you know? Yeah, and, he's, he's not good. He's got some, some awful tattoos as well. And they act like, I mean, they're like, well, he lived a really unhealthy life. Yeah. Fucking me too, man. I, like I eat like shit. I smoked for fucking, I smoked for like 12 years, then quit for six years, then smoked for four years. <laughs> like, I'm not like Mr. Health, but like when I see a guy like that, I'm like, dude, you shouldn't like, I don't know. Like chill. Why didn't you chill out, Ivan Moody? And now you're yelling at people. Now you're yelling at Jimmy who cracked corn. I'm gonna give crack. this. <laughs> I'm gonna give this one to Ivan for free. Uh, little Jill Horner stood on the corner. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. That and is a I'm good one let, for him. I'm gonna let him just run, run with that one. One year younger than me. Like I'm 43, he's 42. That's fucking nuts. When I looked at him earlier, I thought he was like, he's one of those guys that looks like he's either like a really hard living 24 year old or like a fucking 55 year old. That's the only two things he could be. Uh, okay. So hum Google Humpty, Humpty Dumpty said, build that wall. Until <laughs> Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. <laughs> so uh, this is a Google play interview explicit and this is just the boys cutting it up and we'll just play it for a little bit because this is you think his poetry's twisted the real guy is <laughs> fucking twisted dude. he's nuts here we go i'll be in tears writing a song one moment and then the next time i'm running around my house with a shotgun shooting out walls so you know it's, it's uh god dude you're so cool man this is 2013 ivan moody uh that's another thing like 2013 i'm already doing street fight you know and mm. i already sort of uh uh understand how to be an adult who also does like some kind of an entertainment sort of thing you know what i mean like like i was already whatever a podcaster is i will never say artist for it it's just creator. never gonna you were, you were a creative that. thank you i'm a content i was already a content creator yeah. and granted i hadn't had like i i hadn't gotten quite there at all really i still had another like three years but i i fucking knew that if <laughs> i always knew i will not be edgy guy in an interview ever don't ever be edgy guy in an interview not even at that time was i i guess i'm also lucky that like 2006 i was uh 36 years old so or 2016 i was 36 years old so like by the time people wanted to interview me i had already been like 
I'm not, I don't want to be edgy guy. Just don't, yeah. don't say I walk around crying with a shotgun in my hand and that's just the way I am. Well, I like the way he presents that. Like that's the dichotomy. That's the duality of man. One day, one moment you're crying, uh, the next moment you're firing a shotgun indiscriminately, you know, and it's just, (laughs) these are the two extreme emotions that you can vacillate wildly between if you're a fucked up guy like me. And whereas me, I would say that seems like the same emotion. That seems like a very similar emotion to be extremely upset so that you're crying uh, and then also be extremely upset enough to yeah fire shotgun rounds into your walls. Yeah. So it doesn't seem a like a, a much of a, a trip. He's fucking crazy. Like I said, it's its own beast. This is actually the hardest album I've ever had to sing on, man. I mean, it's just the guys gave me so much material. And at first I was I was just not into it. You know, so I was taking time off and I wasn't showing up at the studio. <laughs> so uh, the last two months, I've just really had to kick my own ass and get back in there. It's a little bit more progressive, I would say. But, you know, definitely. No, nope, nope. to- nothing you do is progressive, sir. I mean, politically or uh, musically. <laughs> Either way, I'm going to disagree. So that's a little yeah, bit of uh, progress Progressive, he means like technologically. Like they're using even <laughs> more drum triggers on in this recording. It's a it's the newest version of Pro Tools. I like I don't know if they still use I'm do, I'm, this is all on amp emulators. There's not a yeah. real amplifier uh in the building. See if he's got any more. So you know, we used to go to the studio, knock out 12 songs, and the label would scream on us for a 13th one and we, we need be, two more. And Ivan would be Fuck like, you, you know, no, not happening. And this time actually we are like what 17, 18 now, so there's a much bigger uh array of material that we can pick from and it's it's funny too because the farther we're getting into this album i think the better the material is getting too which is like the opposite of what it used to be so and it's like as as, you know as ivan just said in the first couple of months you know it's usually the band writes the music first and and that's the way we always work we you know we write the music and when the band like the the committee sort of accepts like okay we think it's a good song now then we give it to Ivan. So he just has to deal with the, the vocals, melodies, and all that stuff. And on the first, the first couple of months, and you know, it's Las Vegas, really difficult to, you know, you, you have focus. to, you actually have to focus. Here he goes. You know I mean? to, to you're, I, I, I got really uncomfortable here. I'll just say that. Because there's some shit always going on. There's always something, right? So, so you have to focus. And, um, you know, we started to work, and the band kind of did the, the first, um, I don't know, nine, nine songs. Just admit it, I didn't show up. And then Ivan was uh, having a good time. But but now it's catching up to Strip him. Strip clubs! Yep, that's exactly yeah. what he did. So oh, and now it's a little bit catching oh. up to him because it's like, okay, Ivan, there's uh, 17 met, more met, songs. But I met my new ex-girlfriend. Right? Look at oh his my fake. God, he waited... <laughs> He waited for, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but I met my ex-girlfriend, my future yeah. ex-girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. I like his fake Misfits t-shirt. It's like a Misfits <laughs> fiend, but they're wearing Ray-Ban sunglasses. I don't think that's an official Misfits shirt. I think it's just a, a skeleton with cool sunglasses on. That's 100% um, a free shirt, for sure. I, yeah, I, I also admire, I mean, probably the thing I admire most about Ivan L. Moody, maybe outside of his poetry, uh, is the way he's always able to keep his eyebrows in the, like, Dwayne the Rock Johnson arch, both <laughs> eyebrows simultaneously. Like, he's just doing that the whole time. It's amazing. He's nuts. He's a crazy guy, man. Oh. He's meeting his future ex-girlfriend, Ivan. 
<laughs> All right. Next Ivan poem. Let's hear Next it. Next Ivan poem. Okay. How many? I have three that I can read, but there's like a, at least one that we definitely have to get to. So, well, why don't we do is the one included in the three? Okay. The, the, the first one and the third one are medium length the middle one is very short so i think we could probably do all three let's do all three let's fucking go for all three of them okay all right i'm, I'm beginning you know they don't have titles. some of these don't have titles so i'm just going to begin tabby had a toothache she didn't scrub her mouth since her teeth weren't her priority her mouth it went south braces couldn't fix her shit her gums were all but gone her breath was like a yellow mist. Her tongue was bumped and brown. Tabby eventually got a new grill. Her parents paid top coin so she could have a big-ass smile. But now her teeth are made of glass. Tabby can't eat an apple. And that's that's it for that one. I don't... I. I don't know what he's getting at there. I It makes cat. me nervous. I would never ask him like what he's getting at there because I think the answer would bum me out a little bit. I, I think it's just uh, a I think fucked up cat. I think that's... You think? I think it's a woman. Some woman that he had... I, I mean, here's the thing. I think it's... He seems overly performative about how much he likes strippers. <laughs> and I <laughs> sort of feel like that's that's where he's at. So you, you know what I mean with Tabby? Okay. I I mean if I haven't read all the poems, so I don't know how familiar he is with metaphor. So I don't want to like give him credit for knowing what a metaphor is after hearing him say I got, I, I got my my future ex-girlfriend. <laughs> I see. I think you're right. I think it's a metaphor, yeah, for a, for a woman with fucked up teeth. But then she gets a new grill, but then she can't eat an apple with the new grill. Maybe that's a stereotype. Maybe it's hard to eat apples with false teeth. I guess it is. That's a joke. I've heard that like that okay. little joke. You know. All right, yeah. my I, I got one last Ivan Moody here to play for you for sure before we get to the next poem. Yes, please. Uh, and then we'll do the other one, the other two, and then we will hit the fucking road and come back later. Uh, okay. This guy's the most annoying interviewer, but this quote really hit me hard. So I'm just going to hit it. Others, whatnot. But it's really what you make of it. And to sit around and ask somebody or, or to beg somebody to help you along, to take the initiative and do it yourself is more or less what I meant. I believe you sold 500,000 copies of your new album. Am I right? Getting there. Okay, it's tremendous. This day and age, you don't hear about that. No. It's a ridiculous number. Yeah, no, I agree. Kids don't have to buy albums anymore. Uh, but to have them, you know, not downloading, not going to iTunes, or actually coming out and, and buying the CD and spending time with us, that's it. Our biggest question when we got in this was like, what happened to bands like Pantera? You know, early Metallica. A couple of them died. Yeah, yep. A couple Pantera guys died. Early Metallica. Uh, Metallica's still doing stuff. You got to hear where he goes here. It's the fucking wildest thing. That's, that's it. Our biggest question when we got in this was like, what happened to P bands like Pantera? You know, early Metallica. These when Dime and Phil would walk out there and sign every autograph and hang out and have a beer and and it's. I, I hate to put it this way, but there's a three-letter word that's illegal on. Our Can you guess the three-letter word? <laughs> Uh, Do you feel comfortable? 
<laughs> no, it's not. But it is a three-letter word that they are not allowed to say on their bus. And I will just play it because I'm sure is everybody's it? minds are already <laughs> fixated on one word. And I promise it's not that word. But it's, is a, he gonna it's say, a funny uh, Is he going to say XES backwards? No, that's another you're going to love this. I think you're going to really love the answer to this, but, but, but like, I can't oversell how much you're going to like the answer. <laughs> um, it, and our listeners are going to fucking love the answer. I'll even go it's, back a little bit so you can hear the build to it. It's, um, it's come, it's come. You're not allowed to say come on the bus. Oh, fucking you wish he doesn't have sex on the bus though. He claims no, he doesn't let any of that stuff happen. Cause I, I mean, it's just a serious business that he's in. I, I want to address the first part of what he said. As a guy who saw Pantera six times, um, they never signed autographs for people <laughs> or like waited outside or, or ever left the tour bus. They just, I mean, in, a, in hindsight, probably a, probably a good idea. I mean, looking back, that's true. You know? That's your, but he's acting like, like whatever happened to like the real fucking bands that would hang out with the fans. It's like there weren't any, and you don't either, motherfucker. You don't hang out with your fans. I mean, like if you, you have had to, his fans, yeah. you know. <laughs> All right, here he goes. Here's the three letter word. That's, that's it. Our biggest question when we got in this was like, what happened to bands like Pantera? You know, early Metallica. These when Dime and Phil would walk out there and sign every autograph and hang out and have a beer, and and it's. I, I hate to put it this way, but there's a three-letter word that's illegal on our bus, and it's emo. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, bands that do sign autographs, no matter how big they get, you know, emo wasn't like a type of music where where people were uh, separated from, famously like separated from the artists you know interesting yeah i would love god i would love so much to know what ivan moody considers an emo band i bet <laughs> he doesn't name any he doesn't name any i bet he would say like lincoln park um yeah avenge sevenfold i i'm 100 percent. and the reason i know that he would say avenge sevenfold is emo is because i thought avenge sevenfold was evil emo until like five years ago <laughs> or 10 years or whatever you know i never never listened to him because i thought they were emo um but he might right, I, I wonder like he might think like the strokes are emo or something. i think he's like, god i'm so probably 90 percent of it I, I would say that he's mostly talking and this is just a guess he's mostly talking about my chemical romance is really what i believe he's doing there I, I mean, I don't follow My Chemical Romance. I'm willing to bet like My Chemical Romance when they were still at like the height were so much better to their fans than Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like the way they like, I, I mean, just think about the way they probably treated people on the tour bus, you know? I just, and listen, I didn't grow up around emo people. I don't think I knew anybody that liked emo until I was like in my 30s. But like, yeah, because everybody I was around hated it. I hated it. I hadn't heard it. I didn't know what it was, but I hated it. Uh, I hated whatever I thought it was. Yeah, you but hated like, girl jeans. That's what you hated. 
Yeah, I did. I did hate when the jeans got tight. That really bummed me out. Um, but like, I I don't know. I never got the impression that like the the artists in the emo bands were inaccessible to their fans. Uh, I I always kind of felt like punk and emo, even at times where I thought it was the worst music in the world, which was, mm -hmm. you know, obviously I've talked about it in the past. I, I didn't like get into like anything other than metal until like, I don't know, I'd had to have been like maybe 25 years old, you know, and then then it was like Weezer and, and Radiohead and shit like that. Well, and, yeah, if you uh, weren't around, if you weren't around, you know, during the, the 90s, then yeah, I could see how you wouldn't you wouldn't know the reference that he's making, but Ivan Moody being like a music head, obviously <laughs> he's familiar with that scene. And yeah, back in the day, you know, if you, you'd go see, you'd go see uh sunny day real estate, you know, play a sold out <laughs> show at an amphitheater and you'd be waiting outside, you know, backstage and uh, not backstage, but out behind the venue, you know, and they would have security like separate the crowd. So they would march straight into their tour bus and on to the next city. Same thing with Braid, same thing with uh, Rites of Spring, all those bands. Fucking, they got way too big for their britches. Fug Fugazi charging like $50 for a freaking show and then not even saying what's up. Fuck those guys. Well, and it's funny because like, man, you know, I had everybody in Korn's autograph. I mean, I think I still have it downstairs. I, I'm not really sure, but or like every guy in the Deftones autograph. Uh, but they were really fucking hard to get. Mm -hmm. And you have to no, I was seeing fucking corn when you know they were playing like 500 capacity venues, you know? And yeah. like I never met anybody from that band. I never I, I got Fred Durst's autograph and he acted like kind of a dick to me. Uh, but that was like when they were like opening for Faith No More which was like, you know, not a, uh, uh, not one of the biggest bands in the world at that time. This is many years after Epic. <laughs> so like, they I just, played their cover of faith and that set got, yeah, they would have had to, right. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't remember, but they, they usually closed with that. Uh, it's a good song. Point. That's, I mean, that's a cover that's even better than the original. I mean, you know, all covers are good, so I can't distinguish between. <laughs> that's my that's my fucking belief now is that every single cover I've never heard a bad cover in my entire life. I think they're all good. I'm just saying, like Lungfish could have afforded to like be a little nicer to the people that helped catapult them to stardom. That's all I'm saying. Evo, we're not allowed to. I I I. God, I wish I could like kind of because I was kind of a reactionary kind of dickhead at, at that time of my life. A guy that like listened to Opie and Anthony, this, this was done in 2008. Uh, I, you know, I was, I was way into Opie and Anthony and, and sort of that edge Lord lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Uh, I hate to say, I don't, I, I mean, emo really a hundred percent was just a stand in for the F slur which I probably just said at that time too, but sometimes yeah. you would just say emo instead because that's <laughs> all I could, all I can think about is like in 2008, I don't think I had ever met anybody that was out and you know, still the people from that time, none of them are 
out. I don't, I don't know, but I know that like the, the people that I was calling emo <laughs> were, were, were largely not straight guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> and yeah. like, that's really, that's what he's talking about. I think that's so funny. Uh, I love that. I that's what I think it's coded as. I really think that. Uh, but you know, I think that's what a lot of these guys called called it. It, it was just we called emo this this thing. Like all these songs about you know really bad uh, politics, songs about women and stuff are are very gay, very gay. Well, that's. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Is like that's what's very funny about butt rock is it's an attempt to be sensitive while not getting at all close <laughs> to uh emo right like yeah. that's you know that's that's the whole my at least thesis of butt rock it's an attempt to like you know show some tenderness but yeah it's about like the bitch ex-girlfriend you hate yes show some tenderness but it's uh, it's about how you're too twisted to survive in this world and that's why I like this poetry so much because it's his attempt to be sensitive, like even more sensitive than he is in, in the band. Like this is even, this is even more him, him at an even more vulnerable state. And I love what we're getting out of it. I love what we're seeing. I am ready for the next one. Okay. This is the short one. Don't want to scream for my supper, bleed for my crown. The bridges are burning. And then we all fell down. Okay. He's mad at a band in that. And one of the bands they're touring with a thousand <laughs> fucking percent. He's mad at one of the bands they're touring with. It has to. Be. It sounds like the band that he's in. Because he's <laughs> saying, I don't want to scream for my supper. Right. So that's like working, you know, as a, as a band leader screaming bleed for my crown, you know, suffering for, for this, this, uh, status I have, the bridges are burning, burning bridges between him and the rest of the band members. And then we all fell down. The band can't be together. If I've, if we've burned all these bridges, we just collapse. Uh, I thought he was like, Matt, he, he probably was just sitting in the bus mad at his guitar player or something. Zoltan. <laughs> He's mad at Zoltan. He can't do any fucking thing about it. Uh, so we got this one is the more. last one. Oh, you got one more. Okay, cool. No, let's do. No, I don't have any more. Let's do the last okay. one and then end yeah. the show. And then uh, we'll do another one soon. Fucking maybe we'll do another season soon. We'll do another okay. one soon because I have some Aaron Lewis and Shinedown stuff and uh, also was hipped to another track by track uh, breakdown. Uh, I found two of them. One is Shinedown and the other one is Seether doing yes, uh, breakdowns of every one of their songs and uh oh my god i just gotta tell you the the one i like the most uh careless whisper by seether uh breaking <laughs> down careless whisper the cover <laughs> by seether breaking down a different band song <laughs> what he does it twice what i meant what i meant when i sang these <laughs> beautiful <laughs> love it he does another one too uh seether by veruca salt they covered that and he's yes. like uh, explaining why they covered it. And uh, it, it's goofy. It, I mean, most of the Seether ones aren't as good because they'll just be like, uh, uh, you know, uh, I heard this. This this one had a drum beat that was kind of like an alley cat. And uh, I thought it was funny to do like an alley cat 
type song as a, a rock and roll, a, a heavy metal song. And that's why I did it. And I just was listening to it and I was like, I don't think anybody knows what you're talking about with that alley cat thing. I mean, I have like kind of like a vague notion of what he's talking about there in that like, I think he's saying, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain that he is saying like alley cat as in uh, the music Stray they play on Tom and Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> The music that the band and the uh, lot would play by oh. uh, on Tom and Jerry in the alley. So maybe, okay. but when he talks about his music being a jaunty alley cat song, but heavy, it's like I just love these guys. Yeah. I'll tell you the reason why I love these guys so much. Um, it is that uh, masculinity, like the, the all this fucking masculinity where they can't even let people know that like i like careless whisper it's not i like that song it's uh it, i know it doesn't make me tough but it's like a good song and they're just like it, it's crazy we sang that right because it's so yeah. stupid me and me and the guitar player used to used to sing it to each other on valentine's day as like a little joke it's just like look okay. at, and look at how far we've come yeah 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 all right yeah last do, poem. Doing it ironically yeah okay last poem this one does have a title this one's titled pink tomb oh, so no. pussy little, this is pussy clue. right okay i'm ready to hear it i know it's pussy all the way i plunged my face inside her tasting uh. every drop of sweat she secreted she quivered and hollered her legs curled and quivered and inside I plunged deeper. Her screams made me shiver. She's my go-to, the one that knows God. Uh, I think here, go-to, the one that knows is, is like an edit. Like that's a previous line that they didn't scratch out because it makes no sense. After reading through this book, I think there's a lot of that in here. So I'm doing this charitably. <laughs> she's, she's my God because that's what she called me which to me was quite odd. I'll think of her next time I'm alone in my room, her blissful seduction and her pink glistening tomb. Okay. I hated that. Number one. And then do you want to see the illustration for it? Uh, yeah, I absolutely do. Let me see it. Oh, God damn it. He's walking up a flight of steps into a pussy. Uh, <laughs> it's like, you ever hear, you ever hear like, uh, like gnarly descriptions of, of pussy, like the guys say, like hatchet wound, you know, yes, or like or like gash. That, yeah. Yeah. That's what this is. This is like this is a gash. It's it's a gash in it's gnarly as fuck, man. It's just like blood red and pink. I I I'll I, I'm gonna tell you why I okay. I'm gonna put myself in the position of the the woman who just ended up finished having sex with him and then he wrote mm -hmm. that because a hundred million percent if he's still in contact with that woman i mean he told her <laughs> he fucking told her he said there's a fuck I, I mean just the audio we've listened to so far right mm -hmm. would lead me to believe that yeah. she the woman that was written about knows 
that it was her. And that is what's giving me the willies about the whole thing. You know, I mean, yeah, you kind of know when you've just had an encounter with Ivan Moody, that's going to lead to a poem. You can tell (laughs) he fucked somebody and then was like, uh, uh, I'm going to, you know, I got to sit down and get in my sensitive mode. I mean, that's the other fucking thing, man. It's like, I wrote, I wrote, I'm, I think I'm more like, like Ivan Moody probably than a lot of our listeners or have (laughs) been in my life. I, I probably, you know, when I was younger, I, I, I lean more on the Ivan Moody spectrum of types of guys. Well, yeah, it's a spectrum. We're all on it. (laughs) On the Ivan Moody. You're just farther down. Yeah. And like, like. To emo, it's I goes from Ivan Moody to emo. Yes, yes, and I'm Ivan Moody, and our listeners are emo. There might be some <laughs> Ivan Moody's listening to the show, too. But he is like, he really is like an edgy kind of guy that that like really wants to be first, first weirdly because all bands are like this. It'll never make sense to me. Uh, he wants people to think he's funny. And he also wants people to think, because like I wrote poems when I was younger in my, Mm -hmm. you know, I I don't know. I would have had to have been, you know, as a teenager and stuff like that. And truly the reason I wrote poems, and this is a fucking 100% not any kind of bullshit, was because... uh, You wanted to have sex. Yes, and but I perceived it as being something that a guy that's not an asshole would do. And uh, oh, so you were trying to do better? Yeah, yeah. I thought like <laughs> I thought like I'm gonna be a poem guy. You thought then, you were gonna be the protagonist in like a '90s uh, school comedy. Yes. Where a where a bully gets assigned to write do a creative writing assignment, but you like you had the initiative and you did it on your own. I love that. And nobody ever saw it either. I, I mean, this is stuff that never even got in front of my my wife, who who is very close with me. But these these this was done in a way to convince myself that I had more to offer the world. That's beautiful. Than yeah, being Ivan Moody. Right, like being an Ivan Moody guy, and at can the you time, remember I, any what any of them were about? You don't have to recite them for me. We would love that, but do you like vaguely remember, or can you tell us? Uh, what, uh, what I can tell you, about? I had I had one called Homicide Note, which I mean, <laughs> at the time, here's the thing: at the time when I was in high school, I did that. It was different times then. You know, like, yeah. like, uh, uh, it was pre Columbine. So homicide <laughs> right. wasn't half as scary as it ended up being. But, um, you know, if I, I can tell you that the, 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 the general consensus of the song is like, uh, uh, I'm not going to be sad. I'm going to kill people. Rather than, it, but like not in kind a of funny ICP like, way, you know, not in a sounds, funny ICP way. <laughs> like, like it's on the Ivan Moody side of the spectrum. It is. It is homicide note. Uh, I know I write note with mope. So nice, <laughs> because 
because in this like specific instance, you have uh, on the Ivan Moody side of the spectrum, you have your homicide note. Beautiful title, by the way. I love the pun. It's great. Uh, and then on the other side, you have something like Blink-182's Adam's Song. You have the suicide note. You have the emos, the emo side of it. Yes. Wow. And now I'm going to tell you one that I don't fucking know. It's really embarrassing. It's the only other one I can remember. And it was about written about a, a girl that I uh, it was the first girl I ever had sex with. Uh, uh, and it was I was not her first partner. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wrote a poem. The general gist of the poem was that it was like uh, she's more special uh, to me than I was to her. And it was <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> and it was called no, because it gets that it's I, I, no, it's not that it gets nasty. It's called I was your you were my first and I was your fifth. And I don't remember all the lines from it, but I i mean, there was probably some kind of slut shaming in it too. But did, yeah, it's generally okay. sad. Coming from a writer, coming from somebody else who wrote poetry uh, in high school, I'm hearing the title of this. I was your first, you uh, rather, you were my first, I was your fifth. That, that presents a great opportunity for some alcohol puns uh i don't remember i no there weren't any i can tell you that okay. it was literally about how i was the fifth guy she had sex with and she was the okay. first girl i had sex with uh just a but, just just a plastic bottle of vodka to be tossed to the curb that would have been great but i wasn't even smart enough to know what what any why i would do any and i was drinking and stuff I just put like <laughs> you just never every, measured it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything I wrote really was generally about like girlfriends. Yeah. And stuff uh, like do you wanna, that. You want to hear uh, what one of my poems about was about? Yeah. When I was like yeah. in middle middle school, early high school. Uh I I had a pretty long poem, an epic poem, I would say, uh called uh Tonight the Dragons Are Gonna Fight. Tonight the Dragons Are Going to Fight. And it was about dragons gearing up for an epic battle, like okay. different clans of dragons. Um, I, I, you know, I wrote song lyrics in in high school. Uh, I can't really remember most of them. I think, I, uh, think I wanted to start a pop punk band called DOA, not knowing that there were already like ten bands called DOA. <laughs> <laughs> and and then I wanted to have a song called DOA, and it was about yeah, our love being dead on arrival. <laughs> that is beautiful one two i'll say that i also at one point i have a bunch of songs i wrote um for a band that i fantasized about being in hell yeah and it was called did you draw uh, did you draw yourself what you would look like in the band uh no because i i'm not a good artist i i will say this I, i'll i'll say this i am like a tech bro in a way in this situation okay um this we're we're talking about like 2000 we're talking about 2008 probably right around that 2008 period and uh, i make a decision that i want to be in a heavy metal band called patently offensive something i don't remember what the end of the band but it was going to be part of a uh 
of another thing that's never been done before called patently offensive media where oh, we shit. would uh, uh, make a, a magazine uh, and also we would do the band thing. Now, I had I didn't know what a zine was at all. Mm -hmm. So I basically invented zines. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and see, that's where like the entrepreneurship comes in. That's where it's that's why it's so important. I invented zines when I was in my 30s. <laughs> in 2008. <laughs> like, it was just well, Weird somebody time. had to do it. It was the yeah. we were all the country was aching for a new a new medium. Yes, patently offensive medium. Yeah. And I was gonna write a book, I was gonna write poetry, and it was all gonna start with patently offensive. So mm -hmm. it all had to be like really offensive. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like the the big idea I had for the band was that like we would do a cover of we would do a cover of uh children of the grave by black sabbath oh, yeah but in the middle of the cover we would sing imagine by john lennon and then Whoa. go back into children of the grave as if like we had no i had no idea that children of the grave was an anti-war song at the time so i thought <laughs> we're gonna add a little bit of anti-war stuff to this uh song about uh children in a grave or something yeah <laughs> We gotta be more clear. <laughs> there was a there was just a movie or a TV show I was watching that had Children of the Grave in it, and I was like, "Oh, fuck, yeah. fuck yeah, that rocks." Was it old Great school? Song. Does old school have Children of the Grave in it? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so, but it might. That song mm. rules, man. Yeah, and we we're gonna cover song. it and do a little more heavy, <laughs> and then do like a heavy version of Imagine in the middle and then boom right back into children of the grave the other yeah. idea was to cover paradise by the dashboard light that was like my big famous situation so, i don't know i that sounds familiar i don't i don't i can't remember exactly what it is meatloaf i want to know right now do you love me it's like fucking nine minutes long it's got two singers and would be impossible yeah. to do a metal version <laughs> And I'm talking to this guy that barely knows how to play guitar. And I'm like, you got to fucking, and a guy that can barely play drums. I'm like, you got to learn how to play this fucking song <laughs> or this band's never going to happen. I was in a real quick, you know, I know this episode's going long. I was in a band one time with uh, two of the biggest weed smokers I've ever met in my life. Uh, and we, yeah, we kind of played like prog rock. I was on keyboards and it was like, you know, arts, art, arty slash emo slash prog rock uh and they really wanted to cover pink floyd and i was like you can't cover pink that's like already too obvious and they like didn't understand yeah that you can't you shouldn't do that yeah you can't just cover anything and you can't cover imagine by john lennon and it's such a corny idea <laughs> so corny i can't think of anything i did that's more corny than that um well that was fun alex let's uh yeah, let's fun. do this again soon because i have i you know there's always aaron lewis news and uh there's a few other things i want to talk about so I, I will keep in touch and do this now tell people where to find you 
Oh yeah, I do a podcast called Minion Death Cult with my buddy Tony Boswell. Uh, we we go to comment sections on the internet and find out what real people are saying so about fun. politics. Uh, it is it is very fun. It's deranged. We try to keep it lighthearted, but there are very frequent calls for civil war over things like uh, vegan breakfast sausages at Cracker Barrel. So like that. that's kind of what you're getting. You can also, you know, we've we've done a lot of episodes with Brett and Brian, and I mean, living the dream. Uh, search for Minion Death Cult, living the dream. We did a whole episode on the music video. We talked to, we talked about at the beginning of this episode uh, with Brian. Very fun. It was super fun. Thanks for doing this. It's always fun to do butt fest, mate. Like we'll talk about doing another season soon. Cause I mean, I think like, but when people are listening to this, I am working on my, uh, now we're cooking series and it is about dang cook. Oh my God. So good. <laughs> Which I decided to do before he was in the news <laughs> the other day. Like this is a month old idea. Now That's right. I remember. Yeah. I think you seeded that. You got him in trouble, Brian, by, <laughs> by asking too many questions. Yeah. So Dan Cook, next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>